Romans chapter 16, when we have studied up to chapter 15, there's a lot of things already going on in our head. And when you read chapter 16, the greetings, we most of the time we just pass it by. Alright, greetings. So what's so great? All these names. And I have to tell you that I have difficulty, if not other thing, is to pronounce the name correctly. So however I pronounce it today, that is authoritative. That's how it should be pronounced. Only for this time. But really, when I go on to study chapter 16, I find that it is a very important chapter, portion of the scripture for the letter of Roman to the whole letter of Roman. It's very important. I say that I know every speaker will come in and say that I have the most important message for your life and this is the most important portion of the scripture. We always do that. But really this time, seriously, I, I really enjoy chapter 16 and I think that it's important and I'll tell you and I'll defend why I say that it's important. Alright? Real people. Romans chapter 16. Now, the preamble is that it's a difficult chapter to prepare a message for because for one reason, there is not too much details. There are details, but not that much where you can build on. So if I were to approach the scripture to actually be preaching in contact, I have to be careful with I, what I speculate. I have to be careful with what I speculate and not push my thought into the scripture. I let you be the judge of that at the end of the day and interact with me and see how much I have my own way. The second thing is that buried in this greeting is a contentious issue. An important issue which can split the church in one of the greetings. I won't tell you what it is now. You know, it's that kind of suspense. I want to build up again. Uh, one of the things which we speakers like to do. Keep it as suspense. And hopefully that you won't fall asleep before that happens. Alright, real people. I told you that it is uh, it is an important chapter and I'm going to give you three, three, three reasons why it is important. Ah, three reasons why Romans chapter 16 greeting play a very important role to the whole chapter. Okay? The first reason is the authentication of that letter. The authentication of the letter. Now, what do I mean by that? Imagine somebody came to the leaders of the church of the Roman churches with this big scroll. And he says, and she, actually she says that this is a letter from Paul. The the leader took the letter. When they opened the letter with so many things which Paul wants to put up, so many things to unpack, how do you know that it's not a heretical writing? 
although it's said from Paul. How do you know that if we read to the church and say it's from Paul, it will subvert the teaching of Paul and the rest? How do you know that this letter, because they do not know the person who take it there. Her name is Phoebe, but they don't know anything about Phoebe other than what Paul says. So, it goes on that the greeting helped to authenticate the letter. Now, just to give you a modern day, um, it actually happened. The other day, my wife got an email, uh, not email, but something on the internet with a message from Nancy. And she find that it was a strange message and say, what am I going to do with this message? From Nancy, how do I be polite to respond to it? So my wife asked the question, who are the na- what are the names of the elders of the church? Silence after that. Because if the member of the church will know the name of the elders. Alright, Josh is one of them. I'm, I wonder who are the other two, Josh? <laughs> But anyway, you should actually have a way of authentication. So the name which is written there, when Paul lists out all the names which he greeted them, will form because they are there. They can say, ah, you know, that detail, I am in there, or I understand, only me and Paul, we understand that situation. So the whole, whether it is by design, or by divine providence, by chance, we say divine providence, that this form an authentication, it does do, does the job. So when the, the elders open the scroll and see that one and have a reference to all the name, they say, yes, this is a fair dinkum. Is that right? Fair dinkum letter from Paul. It is from Paul. So they will have no problem reading it out, unpacking it out and preaching to the church. So it plays the first important role of authenticating the letter. Alright? Secondly, I believe that chapter 16 gives us a balance of the context of the letter. It gives us a balance of the context of the letter. When Paul begin Romans chapter 1 onward, he built with, he, he begins with a bigger scope. The world and people from the beginning of creation up to now the big contact and we could not feel personally involved in that contact it is a generalized contact like saying that numbers we are the population of uh, of, of australia we, we we could not actually buy into that contact sometime we can read it out but we could not actually sort of move in to actually grab hold of what Paul wants to say because it's a broad contact. Of course, he narrowed down later on to the people of Israel, the nation of Israel. A smaller contact, but still a big contact. A big contact. Historical Israel. And then he moved on to the church. Again, the church in general is a big contact. So I believe when Paul says the name of the believers... This, 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 he draw home the message. These are the people you see. And these are the people, as I preach in about Romans chapter 12, these are the people who live the life worshipping God daily in their service. Worshipping God, serving God in their service. So, it brings home the message. It gives the balance of the doctrinal side of 
first 15 chapter to draw home that we are talking about real contact. You and I, these are the people. So the names matter. So that's the second thing. And in that, I want to tell you that Paul actually bring man and woman into the picture. The rich owners of slaves and the slaves themselves are also in the names of the greetings. And he include old and young. We have the mother of Rufus who become a mother to him. So he covers everybody. So everybody is also involved, but in names. In names. So I believe that Romans chapter 16 gives us a balance of the whole book of Romans. And it becomes a very important thing. That's it. And the third thing I say is it reveals Paul's pastoral heart. Paul's pastoral heart. It reveals Paul's pastoral heart. He is not a theologian who is indifferent when he asks people to challenge people to, to serve the Lord, to be, be uh, holy and living sacrifice for the Lord. He knows that these people are doing it well and in doing it well, they face the challenges of doing it well. They face the challenges of living for the Lord. He knows that and he acknowledged them and he affirmed them. How good is it that we have to affirm one another that striving on in the Lord is challenging. Even with every victory, we face defeat. We face the pain of sacrifices even in victory. So Paul, I believe in chapter 16, give us, give us his pastoral heart. I know, I know, I know the challenges you are. I praise the Lord for the victory you have, how good you are to me, how well you have been serving the Lord. So I believe with these three reasons, this chapter 16 is a very important passage of the scripture to the whole of it, to the whole of, of the letter of Roman. I will not be able to cover every little detail, but I want to highlight a few characters as we go on. Alright? Okay? I commend to you our sister Phoebe, that is in the NIV, New International Version, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Censoria. Now, Phoebe is the only name around there which does not belong to the church of Roman. So Paul is actually commanding this lady in front of you with the scroll, Phoebe. She is a deacon in the church of Censoria. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help that she may need from you for she had been the benefactor of many people including me including me I'm pointing ah okay now to put in the contact Phoebe a deacon of the church of Sanceria now if you this is 
This is a map, alright? The map of the southern part of Greece. You can see Eden there, Athens there, and Corinth there. It, I hope it's clear that Centuria is about 10 or 10 or 20 kilometers south of Athens, or around there, around there. So it is near Athens, it is near Corinth. When Paul was writing this letter, he was in Corinth. Alright? So Phoebe, probably at the, uh, is the person, the, the, the lady, who is tradition have it, and how Paul write it, probably a very successful woman in business, resourceful. And she travels to Rome, maybe to do her own business or something, but she can travel. She's a woman, she can travel. And Paul gave her this, now to us, the most valuable thing she can carry from that port down there all the way to Rome to give to the leaders of the church. So Phoebe is a deacon of the church in San Syria. Now, I'm pointing. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, I want to emphasize that, that Paul used to say that, that Paul says that Phoebe is a deacon. The translation in some Bible says it's a servant. But I think Paul has the idea to actually emphasize that she is a deacon, which is recognized holding an office position, or a, although volunteering, but she is recognized to be responsible in the church structure. She is a deacon. The main reason is because Phoebe is actually a stranger to them. So with that introduction, the church there would know that Phoebe have the confidence of Paul, have the confidence of the church of Centuria, so that if the church in Rome have to interact with Phoebe, ask her for advice and all that kind of things, she will be capable to give some opinion. So Paul actually put Phoebe really what do you call uh, uh, in, uh, name uh, name her as a deacon to give her that status, a working status, a working status. Now, I would like to emphasize this also that you know, deacon, woman deacon, are important roles in the church. If the deacon is to take care of a lot of I mean, the deacon's role is to take care of a lot of the church minister, uh, what do you call uh, issues, uh, physical welfare, and all that kind of thing. There are there are things which we men cannot move in. So there are practical aspects as regarding to having woman deacon in our church, and I believe that Phoebe plays a very, very uh, uh, important role as well as an effective role and she's recommended by Paul that's the first thing now I'm okay next thing is she is the benefactor benefactor of many people including me it shows that Phoebe actually is a woman of resource financial resource supporting ministry Supporting Paul. She actually is a person who really loved the Lord with also 
her resources, her, her physical resources. What a godly woman, Phoebe. Alright? Okay. Now the next person, next uh, uh, couple which the couple which Paul greet is Priscilla and Aquila, my co-worker in Christ Jesus. They risked their life for me, not only I, but for all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. I think we have heard this name before, Priscilla and Aquila, such exemplary couple. Let me go back to Acts and tell you something just as a reminder of where Paul encountered them. The first contact was found in Acts, in Acts chapter 18, verse 2 to 3. Now, Priscilla and Aquila, they actually, because of the persecution in Rome, probably, most probably, they are already Christian. When Rome was persecuted, the, 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 the Christians fled. And Priscilla and Aquila, probably because of that incident, moved to Corinth. Corinth, where they met Paul there. That was first Paul's first contact with them. And as Paul was a tent maker, and they are having a tent making business, Paul sort of worked together with them. I really suspect that when Paul was doing his tent halfway, and a call to go and preach in the synagogue, he probably left his work, and Priscilla and Aquila will pick up and then finish the work for him. You know, is a good support, a good support to actually, and probably share the the, the 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 profit of the business so that Paul can be supported in his ministry for a greater glory. So that was a kind of relationship we Paul have with Priscilla and Aquila, great couple sharing their means to them, supporting Paul in fellowship and 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 their means. Next is, after that, Paul mentored them. And when Paul, in Acts chapter 18, after Paul stayed in Corinth for some time, and he said goodbye to the brothers and he went to Centuria, he shaved his head. Before he made a while, he said, when he was sailing to Syria, he took Priscilla and Aquila with him. Paul took Priscilla and so Paul had recognized the benefit of Priscilla and Aquila in the whole ministry of God. He took both of them with him to Syria. Now it speaks something of this couple. You have a business. Things are going well. And you lay everything down and you go to serve the Lord. You can see their heart and their focus of their life. These people know what is it to lose what is on earth for the ministry of God. <coughs> ministry of God. So again, we know something behind who Priscilla and Aquila is. The next incident about Priscilla and Aquila which I want to bring to you is their influence on Apollos. Apollos is found in Acts chapter 18, verse 26. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, Apollos, preaching boldly in the synagogue, 
they took him aside and explained the way of God even more accurately. Let me tell you what actually happened was, they have this guy who is a gifted speaker, speaking in a way so effectively that people, their followers following him. But he was only preaching the baptism, the repentance of John. He did not have the other part where Jesus actually fulfilled what John was preaching. But he was preaching in an effective way, influencing uh, with much influence on people and have followers. And actually, he is a better orator than Paul. And Priscilla and Aquila took him aside and tell him what the full story is. And from then on, Apollos became a very effective speaker in the early church. Now, I want to take a bit of, to, to you, to appreciate the dynamic of what was happening, happening there. Now, as a very good speaker, as a speaker who speaks in public, there is a lot of ego. There's a lot of, you know, you have to be sure of yourself to say something, and we are the most unteachable people. We look at things, we, you know, critically, we won't have somebody tap our head and say, oh, you're speaking wrong. We would really sort of be very, having it very difficult to have somebody to come and interact with us and tell us, you know, you, you're, you, what you say is not enough, but this is more. And it has to do with such a big change in his, in his, in his teaching. So that's a big thing going on, although it just said in a few verses. But I believe that Apollos was convinced and able to actually appreciate what Priscilla and Aquila put on the table was because of the maturity of approach by Aquila and Priscilla, their clarity of the gospel, their conviction. They would have found a method to take Apollos into their household to actually share with them, with Apollos, what the full gospel is. I believe that was the dynamic. That was the challenge they faced as they got to Apollos. But they did it and they did it well. And Apollos was a gift to the church, early church, because of the work of Priscilla and Aquila. What a great couple. Paul commands, I greet Priscilla and Aquila. Greet my friend, Eponitus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. I want to emphasize here is that Eponitus was the first convert of Christ in the province of Asia. I want to draw you to the attention that how important is it for the first convert? The first convert, I'm in many times, often often the key people where the church is built on. Let me start with you two stories. Two true stories. We were at a place in Burma. My daughter organized a, a, a medical outreach in a remote part of Burma. It is very near to the place where you have the cave incident. It is within the opium Golden Triangle. And we were in the middle of it. 
and we are we we went in in to do a mission uh, work to to conduct Sunday school to preach as well as to do uh, medical work in the rubber estate and the key person was the first convert there he is the supervisor of the rubber estate he was the first person to come to know Christ and when we are there we see the tables and chairs the things are organized people are round up things are in order so we actually move in quite simply and he had to take this every week as the people have uh, they have Sunday school and all that kind of thing so we can see that the first convert is a key point key, key people in establishing a church in a new community in a new culture the key people the first convert I think we should not miss that so when we pray for missionary I'm sure we have a lot of story that the first convert become a very significant part in the journey in the history of of the church and you can get that in the pastoral profile too we actually acknowledge who were the first person first late two ladies who actually started this work the first convert let me tell you another story I, we have a friend, a very close friend who are our Bible study member who went to China to do his own business, successful business in, in, in IT. While they were there, although they were just convert for about three years, the Lord called them, this couple, in Beijing. I should not mention their name. In Beijing, to start, to drop their business like uh, Priscilla and Aquila and say, your business is secondary, I want you to now start a church. Now, they are only the first four years as a Christian. They were not really regular in Bible study anyway, but their heart was warm. So they say, the Lord weighed on both of them heavily that they have to now drop their business, which is thriving, to actually start a church. It led on to them say, what shall I do? So one day when they were walking around, a businesswoman approached them and said, how to do Bible study? So he took this businesswoman into his home and said, okay, we will have a Bible study on so and so night. You come to our house and we will have the first Bible study. So she came. She came and they, as in Asia, we prepare the food, have a meal, and then we have Bible study. So she, he tried to remember what our Bible study normally Entail, so he just just did it. That was the first week. The second week, she came with two other staff. She is the owner of big business, two staff. And then the third week, fourth week, while we are there, he pastors. Only three years after that, he was in the pastoring the church of eight hundred. And where we are worshiping in a place where he took us. The room which we are worshipping is only about maybe two-thirds, I'd be generous, about two-thirds the size of this hall. It is ministering to 800 people. How is it possible? Three worship, and during worship is standing room only. We are actually to stand through the whole worship. And the best is a three-hour worship. The message, if you preach less than one and a half hours, you are not doing your work. So that is the state of excitement they have receiving God's word. So 
The first convert, the lady who brought two other person, and he grew to 800. 800. We, we took him over to, to Australia to when we were in Age Church, and they, they shared their work in Age Church about five years back. Five years back. We are still in contact with them. and So, so the first convert, so Epinetus was the first convert. I believe that when Paul says that, you know, Epinetus was also having that role in the starting of the church in the province of Asia. Pray for the first convert. Now, greet Mary who worked very hard for you. He said, greet Mary who worked very hard for you. Now, one thing you see is all this greeting, that is Paul acknowledges women, a lot of women. Paul acknowledges a lot of women. And the word work very hard is not just volunteering. Yeah. The word work very hard means to toil from morning to night. And the women are great in doing this. Every time people ask me, what is the role of woman? And how do you think the woman, do you think in the Bible, uh, give woman its right respect? I'll say to you this. The women are the last people who left the cross of Christ, ministering to Him. And with that, God, Christ gave them the first honor to see Him risen from the grave. What an honor. Woman, you all are great. You all are great. What we cannot do in the community there, you know. And I think of the play group. You all can do wonderful work. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The place for women in ministry of God's kingdom. Alright? Work very hard. Now, uh, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Greet Andronicus. And Junior, my fellow Jews, who have been in prison with me, they are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. This is the point where I want to bring forth the contentious issue. It's a bit whereby we will have to decide. Now, the problem is that... Uh, the controversies in the exegesis of this verse is a challenge. It's a challenge. Why? It's because number one is are they apostles or are they known as outstanding by the apostles? Alright? Are they apostles in this Greek text? Are they apostles? Or are they are they known to be great among the apostles? I hope you know the slight differences there. So they are known to be great, but they are not apostles. All right? Are they apostles or are they known uh, as outstanding by the apostles? Okay? It's important. The second is, is Junior a lady? Do you now get the, 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 the problem now? Is Junior a lady? And if the apostle is in the hierarchy of teaching, the most authoritative during the early churches, and if Junior is actually apostle, is Paul contradicting himself as regard to the role of woman in leadership and in speaking in the pulpit? So this is one of the verses which we have to deal with. 
when you come to this issue. I'm going to give you, as regard to what we call uh, a way of logically thinking this through. Alright? Now, in the in the column, there are, if you are just listening to the podcast, I have a two by two, two by two matrix there. Alright? To give four possibilities. In a in uh, naming the role, the first role is name of man. Is junior the name of man, or can junior or junior the name of woman? Why is it? Because sometimes we have in our culture we call somebody Sam. It could be Samantha or Samuel. So is that so clear? Not so clear. All right. Is junior a name of a man or a name of a woman? So that's the first issue we have to deal with. Now in the cross side, the column. Are they known by the apostle or are they apostle? So you have four possibility there. Four possibility. Alright? Now, if they are known by the apostle to be great, whether they are he junior is a man or woman, there is no issue. Correct? They are known to be great workers, they are known to be great in the Lord, great in the ministry, they are known to be great. So there's no issue. Now, if Junior is a man and he is an apostle, again, there's no issue. Okay? Only come to the last quadrant where if Junior is a lady and the words, the exegesis of the word correctly is they are apostle. And then you have a female apostle. So this is the choices you have to make. One in four, now, I wish I, I standing on this at this moment. I have some authority as regard to Greek. I don't. I'm avoiding Greek like avoiding the dentist. I have to do Greek. I'm not even in based one. But so I have to hang my 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 thoughts on this or where I lean to. To Daniel Wallens. <coughs> I have introduced Daniel Wallens before as an authority as regard to the manuscript. So he know Greek and he know interpretation very well. And Daniel Wallens says it's inconclusive. He is honest not to tell he says that in that particular verse, in that context of the Greek and all that, we cannot make too much of it. That's what he say. We cannot make too much of it. You wish that he says something more, isn't it? But that's it. But I think you have to take this issue with a bigger context of what Paul preaches in the other chapters. Okay? So, you pick. And the next thing about, same thing about Andronicus and Junior is that, you know, he said, my fellow Jews, you know, my fellow countrymen. But actually, if the right translation again, they say it's more towards a kinsman or a relative. So Junior and Andronicus are Paul's relative. And they are they know Paul before Paul become a Christian. Uh, they, they were first to become Christian before Paul. Imagine Paul going house to house to look for Christian, to persecute them, throwing them in prison, and even put their life at stake 
you have two of his relatives praying for Paul, praying for Paul, praying for Paul. And what a result. Paul became one of the biggest missionaries we have in the New Testament. Okay? So there seems to be a lot there which can actually pick up. Okay? Now, I want to rush on. My time is not But I have to... to, to now, great Apollos, I, I, I like to go on. But I want to bring to you Greek Rufus chapter 13, uh, verse 13 now. This will be the last one, okay. Greek Rufus chosen in the Lord and his mother who had been a mother to me. First, I like to say that in the church we need mothers. Now, Rufus' mother is to Paul like his mother. You know the character in the church whereby the motherly figure actually helped to build the church, unite the church, nourish the church. You know, I think when Rupert's mother see Paul coming in the distance, the first thing she would say, Paul, you look so thin. You haven't been eating. Come, the bed already made for you. There's new clothes I made for you. You know, this is a new pair of slippers I have for you before you leave. And if Paul is not married, he could have problems. Paul, when you get married. But what I'm saying is that the mother figure actually gives the church a kind of rich nourishment and unity for the church. And I am one of them who really, in my traveling and in my, my studies, in the student days in England, really appreciate the mother figure who really helped me in my faith, my journey. The motherly figure. Greek Rufus, his mother, who have been a mother to me. <clears throat> when Jesus, after being scourged, scourged, bleeding, his, his, his uh, body, actually, it was a miracle that after all the scourging, when the Roman put the cross on him, to take it to Golgotha a distance away, it's a miracle that he's still alive. But when he laid the cross on him, he did try to take the cross a distance. As you know, the Mark Gospel say at, the dis- at some point in time, he couldn't. And the soldier made a man by the name of Simon from Cyrene to pick up the cross. Now personally, if there's any character in the Gospel which I would love to have played the role in. That's the character I would like to play. The person who by force or by what motivation to pick up the cross of Jesus to help him along the way. I would have loved to play that role. And you know the man Simon Cyrene in the Mark Gospel is the father of Alexander and Rufus. Simon Cyrene, who picked up the cross for Jesus. And Jesus, through his word, saying that if anybody were to offer even a cup of water, a cup of water to those who bring the gospel, they would not be unblessed. They would receive their blessing. So Simon, who picked up the cross, have the blessing that his whole household, Rufus and the mother, I do not know about Elizabeth, but they became members of the church, 
significant members of the church blessing the church and Paul greeted them. Imagine the family of Simon. Simon have a part to play in the road to Golgotha, bringing up the cross which all our sins are born. And his wife, Rufus, be mother to one of the greatest missionary the church ever have. What a pivotal role this family plays. Great Rufus, chosen in the Lord and his mother, who have been a mother to me. What rich tapestry of information we have in Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16. I hope that you can read Romans chapter 16 again with a bit of new light. A new light. But I'll charge you today as an application. He said, greet one another with the Holy Christ. Now before the end of this week, I hope that you can greet each other and tell each other, look here, you have been a blessing to me in my walk to the Lord. You have been a, a joy to me in my walk with the Lord. Pick up the phone or after that, greet each other, encourage each other, pray for each other. Shall we pray? Our Father God, we are thankful for the Father that your gospel, your kingdom is actually flesh and blood. People with names. People who actually live exemplary life. And I can see this, dear Lord, in the church of Monty when myself and Jean were so blessed by these believers, brothers and sisters, mothers to us. I thank you, dear Lord God. And here I pray that in our journey together, dear Lord God, you build each other up. We'll build us each other to bless you more, to nourish each other, and dear Lord God, to lead our life as worshipping to you every day. We pray this in Jesus' most precious and holy name. Amen.